Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Celebrate. It is so awesome to be here with you. If you didn't just see from the video, we are excited about Easter. And let me tell you why, because I am so excited to see everyone that you bring with you. That is what we are so excited about, because that's what this series has been about. This series, if you're a guest here, we've been in a series called Marked, which has been all about the fact that God has marked you. He's anointed you for a purpose. He's saved us. He loves you. But the fact is, it's not just about what he's done for us. Now it's what he wants to do through us. That we have to get out of the stands and get on the field and go do something with the way that he's impacted our life. So this series ties completely into what we're doing for Easter. So we encourage you to be thinking about who you're going to be inviting, who you're going to be bringing with you. We cannot wait to see what God does through you. For those of you that might be a guest as well, my name's Tim, and I am just so incredibly honored and grateful that I get the opportunity to open up God's word with you today. I'm just so thankful for Pastor Keith and all the ways that he's, he's just impacted my life and just completely and totally done so, God has done so much through him to change my life. I'm just so incredibly thankful for him. And I I just want to tell you, I I am just so excited to open up God's word with you today. And before we do that, I always love to go to the one who wrote it. So would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, this is your word today. God, it's your spirit that's working in us and shaping us and molding us to look more and more like the image that you designed us to be. So Father, pray that you would do work, that we would be open to that, that you would speak today. It wouldn't be my words, but it'd be you speaking today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, show of hands. Did everyone have a good Valentine's Day? Anybody? Good. Good. That's great to hear. I'm glad to hear that. You know, Valentine's Day is really important in our household for several reasons, but for those of you who bought merchandise and memorabilia for Valentine's Day, we really, really appreciate it. My family still gets a royalty check from that, so... Really appreciate you. You know, some of you guys might have bought some Valentine's cards this past week, and uh, I came across something that I really liked. These are some rejected Valentine's cards. You didn't see these on the Valentine's Day aisle. These didn't make quite the cut with Hallmark. They're, uh, they're rejected cards. So I-, I want you to check these out. I thought they were kind of funny. Like this one says, I've always wanted someone to hold and to love and spend my life with. Having met you, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Or there's this one, you are the love of my life, so far. (laughs) You're my rock, you sit for hours and don't help around the house. (laughs) I love everything about you, except for those things that we've previously discussed. (laughs) You know, Valentine's Day is just a small glance into a larger yearning that I think is in all of our hearts. It's this yearning to be loved, to find someone who loves us. And I think that we see that at Valentine's Day and something that many people might be doing around Valentine's Day is something that I think a lot of people do. It's dating. Dating is a way that we try to find someone to love and to spend our life with. And in our country, I'd say we're we're pretty enamored with dating. I mean, we've gotten pretty good at it, if you want to put it that way. At least we've gotten a lot more options. You know, some of you who are a little older might remember a time when dating was pretty simple. Like, you had a few options. Like, you either take them to the drive-in or you take them to dinner, like, or both. I mean, there's, there's not, like, a ton of options. Today, there's so many options. Like, online dating, for instance. Do you know online dating was a $2 billion industry before COVID hit? 
And then COVID came and it became a $3 billion industry. I mean, it is insane. We have over 2,500 dating services online today in this country alone with, with over 1,000 opening up every single year and 8,000 throughout the world. Like, just insane. You know, some of the top online dating sites out there are some of these. Uh, eHarmony is one of those. It's best for serious relationships. Christian Mingle, it's best for Christian relationships. Farmers Only, best for stable relationships. Thank you. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> Seeking, best for busy professionals. Silver singles, best for those over 50. Plenty of fish, best for casual relationships. Bumble, best for shy men. And then two of the worst names I found out there for, for dating sites I thought were hilarious. Sugar Daddy for me <laughs> and Ugly Schmucks. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with dating if you're doing it God's way. But I think one of the things is in our culture, I think when it comes to dating, we kind of get obsessed with the idea of dating. You know, the, the idea of dating where we have options, where there's not that much commitment, we can kind of bounce from thing to thing. And I think because of that sometimes, then we're not always the biggest fan of marriage. For a lot of guys out there, that can be a really scary word because it involves commitment. You know, you know, for me and my wife, we've been married now for for almost five years. I absolutely love her. She's incredible and amazing. And, you know, we are, we are in a, we're in a position always when we were dating that it was always a place where we were looking towards marriage, right? We were never in a place where we weren't looking towards that. But as far as dating goes, man, when we, we got into the marriage relationship, it changed everything. Man, my marriage to Bridget has been absolutely incredible. And one of the things I've found about marriage is that it is, it's amazing. It's amazing in that it goes deeper than any other relationship. It changes you. It's more intimate. It reveals flaws in us. It strengthens us. It requires a commitment. And it changes us beyond our wildest dreams if you let it. And that's one of the reasons today that I think we're so enamored with dating in our, in our community, in our culture, in our world then sometimes I can spill over and suddenly we kind of get enamored with dating God. The thing is, though, God doesn't want to date you. God wants to marry you. I want to show you that in Scripture. If you want to go to Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, there's a passage that we often use when we talk about marriage. And it's great stuff for marriage. Paul is, is writing here and he says first that wives should submit to their husbands and then proceeds to give the ultimate standard of what it means to be a husband. I mean, this is incredibly high, amazing stuff. But don't miss this. See, this passage is about husbands and wives, but this is also a picture of what our relationship with God is supposed to look like. So if you're there in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 25. It says this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she'll be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. 
I want to read that last verse one more time. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. See, the picture that God's using here is incredible. First, he's saying, husbands, this is how much you should love your wives. But then he's saying, this is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. In the same way that two become one in marriage, God wants to become one with his church. Now, who's the church? Turn to someone right now and say, you are. You are. The people are the church, not the building. God's talking about you here. The fact is, God wants to be intimate and close in a relationship with you. He wants a relationship that makes us look like him, that makes us new creations in Christ Jesus, that makes us holy and without fault, a relationship that goes everywhere with us into everything that we do, a relationship that changes everything about us. The fact is, that can only happen in marriage and commitment. It can't happen in something casual. That's why God isn't interested in dating you. The fact is, God wants to marry you. Most studies show that my generation is, has a pretty strong aversion when it comes to commitment. We don't necessarily like commitment. Some of this comes from poor examples in the past, but in multiple areas, especially romantically, uh, we prefer things like casual dating or seeing where things go or friends with benefits rather than a lifelong commitment. Then when it comes to committed relationships, we often prefer dating over marriage, which I, I get it. I mean, dating has less commitment. Dating, I can leave when I want to. It's a lot easier to step away when I don't like something. The problem is that culture is spilled over into the church. A lot of people want the benefits of a relationship with God, but no commitment. Like being able to call him in private when you need him, but not go public to others about him. It's like living together before marriage, wanting the benefits of the relationship without the commitment required. The thing is that a lot of us would rather date God than enter into a deep relationship with him. We want to come to church, but we don't want to get too tied down. We often treat Christianity like a dating app. You know, we swipe right on God and then leave his word on unread. And the thing is that God, when he sent his son down to die for you, he didn't do that for casual life change. He didn't do that so you could get a little bit better incrementally. God came so that you could be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus came down and died not to date you, but to marry you so he could change every single aspect of your life because God loves you and he loves you exactly where you're at. But the fact is, God doesn't want to leave you there. God wants to make you something new and incredible like his son. So for each of us today, then the question as we go through today is this, are we in a deep, committed, intimate relationship with God, a marriage? Or are we just dating? Is it just something casual where we're just trying it out? seeing where things go. The question then today is going to be this. Is God your mate or is he your date? And if he is, some things are going to happen in our relationship with him. First one, if you want to get your notes out, is this. If God is a mate, not just a date, the relationship is going to go public. It's going to go public. There's a story in 2 Samuel chapter 6 where David has this moment where The Ark of the Covenant is coming to his city. Now, in this time, God's presence dwelt in the Ark. In the tabernacle, in in that room is where the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies. Eventually, it was in the temple. Like, this was a really, really big deal. This was the, the presence of God coming to his city. And David has this moment where he's so excited because it's been some time. There's been some things going on. He's so excited that God, the Ark of the Covenant is finally coming. You guys ever see the movie Elf? 
You know, that moment where Will Ferrell's character, Buddy, like they say, Santa's coming to town tomorrow. And he's like, Santa, I know him. David has a moment a lot like that. He's like, God, I know him. He gets so excited. It says that as they were coming down the street, they had music playing and the horns blowing. And it says that David was just dancing in front of the ark. He was just so excited. Exactly like that. Uh, if you read a commentary, that's what it looked like. See, that's how it looked, actually. It was embarrassing. It was weird. People were like, oh, my gosh. It says that he was wearing nothing but a linen ephod, which there's different interpretations of what that looked like. But here's the thing. It basically would have looked a lot like if you imagine the president of the United States doing the funky chicken at a press conference wearing nothing but basketball shorts and a uh, cutoff T-shirt. I mean, it just didn't look, it looked weird. His wife even told him that. His wife pulled him aside and said, honey, you embarrassed me out there. What are you doing? David, though, has a moment that I think we all need to catch. He says, that wasn't for you. That was for God. He says, the thing is, you didn't make me king. Your family didn't make me king. God made me king. God gave me everything that he had. He said, I will become even more undignified than this because it doesn't matter. I'm just excited about my relationship with him. I'll do it in public. I'll dance. I'll scream. I'll praise his name because the fact is that my relationship with God has changed everything. David says, I've got everything from God. So who am I to hide that? Amen. The thing is, though, in our world, there's a lot of relationships that we want to keep quiet. There's a lot of apps out there for relationships that are more about one night stands or hooking up. The thing is, though, that God doesn't want to hook up with you. God doesn't want to be that late night phone call of, hey, God, you want to hook up on Sunday for like an hour? I got to leave right at an hour, though, because I have lunch plans. Man, I, I, God, I might be a little late, but, you know, I know I haven't talked to you in a while. You just want to get together. Or like those texts that some guys used to send back in our younger days that I knew some guys that, you know, send those late night texts, you know, hey, God, you up? I, I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but I was wondering if we get together. The thing is, God doesn't want that for us. God doesn't want to be something that's only in the dark. God wants a relationship that's public. Something that changes us. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. There's a lot of Christians, though, that don't share their testimony for, I think, one of two reasons. One is, I think, the fact that maybe they haven't actually been changed. Maybe they don't have a testimony yet. Maybe that's something that God still needs to work in their life. Another one, though, is that they're ashamed. Unfortunately, Jesus says... In Luke chapter 9, that if anyone's ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of his Father. See, one of the great lies of the enemy is that your personal relationship with God is supposed to be just between you and God. So we keep our relationship with God as this private affair. We go to church and act one way, then we leave and act another. We hear people asking questions about God or people talking about how broken and hurting they are, and we just move on because we don't want to be that churchy person. We keep it a private affair sometimes by 
watching online at home instead of joining here with other people. And if you're someone that's online, I'm so glad you're here. But if you're in a position where you're able to come and be a part, I just encourage you. This relationship we do with Christ is something we do so much better when we're together. And we'd love to have you. We got people here that'd love to see you as well. You know, for me, so often we, we have so many moments where, where church is something we just kind of forget about. You know, I think about my relationship with my wife. You know, I've got this ring on my finger. Everywhere I go, it goes with me and it tells the world that I'm married and I'm excited about it. I'm proud of it. I want people to know that. It's something that comes up naturally when I'm in conversation. If you're around me for a brief amount of time, it'll probably come up. But how amazing my wife is, how much I love her and appreciate her, all the ways she's impacted my life because it just comes out naturally. And the same thing with our relationship with God. Think about it this way. A lot of, my, a lot of what my wife and I do is personal. But the thing is, you're gonna see the, the effects of it when you're around you. I mean, uh, my wife and I have conversations you don't hear. We have moments you don't see. We have moments where we're at home alone. But the fact is that out of that, then you see us in public. And the thing is, if we come in here and we're not talking to each other and we sit on opposite sides and my wife asks me a question, I just ignore her, something's wrong. There's obviously something going on in that relationship. You know, the same thing is true with my relationship with God. It's like Pastor Keith has often said about his personal relationship with God and reading his Bible. He says, listen, if I skip a day of reading my Bible, I know it. A couple days and my wife's going to know it. A few more days and other people around me are going to know it. Eventually, about a week, everyone's going to know it. Because that's what drives the public part of me, the private moments with God. See, God doesn't just want to have something that gets talked about in private. That's why he, he doesn't want to date you. He wants to marry you, to go public with you. So how do we do this? How do we go public? Well, there's a couple different ways. Here's a question. When you're at a restaurant today, maybe you guys are going to go out to eat after this, man, do you pray for your food out loud together as a family if you're there with your family? Man, that's a great opportunity to show, man, we got this public relationship with Jesus. You know, do you, do you talk about Jesus? Many of you guys have moments in your life where you're, you're out and, and you're, you're making decisions and they're based on the Bible. They're based on what God's told you to do. And when people ask you, why do you make that decision? Do you tell them? Because God told me. Because his word said so. Because I want to please him and honor him in everything I do. Do you tell people about church and ask them to join you and invite them to come along with you? The fact is that I know some of you are doing a fantastic job of this. I mean, I, I love hearing, let me tell you, these stories can be so fired up. When I hear stories about people that are like, yeah, I got this person that, that I brought along to church today. Or the, those that, you know, load up vans and bring people here. And those that have kids they're connected with that are hanging out with, with their kids. And they're like, great, hop in the car, let's go. I mean, that stuff just gets me so fired up. But can I just ask you, if you're not doing that, can I just invite you? This is a great way to make your relationship with God public. Man, who can you be inviting? Who can you be bringing along with you as you go out in the community? And, and with that, then, who can you be ministering to? Who can you be praying for? We all have people around us who desperately need Jesus, who desperately need help and hope in their life. And I love hearing these stories of how some of you are out there. People are asking you questions about, hey, uh, how can I get help and hope and healing for this? And you're telling them about Jesus. Some of you have people whose marriages are falling apart and they're coming to you and saying, listen, I, I see that your marriage is different. How do I get that? I know one of you said this, man, 
God says that anything that's built on Jesus is built on a solid rock. Anything else is sinking sand. Our relationship's built on the rock. Can I introduce you to him? That stuff fires me up. Can I just ask you, for those of you maybe aren't having those conversations, you have people all around you who are broken, who are hurting, who are in desperate need of Jesus. Can I ask you, are you willing to introduce them to the one that can heal their brokenness, that can heal their hurt and their pain? If you're not, we'd love to equip you to do that. Because the fact is that when I have this marriage relationship with God, one that goes beyond just some sort of a casual thing, it's going to come out naturally. It's naturally going to come out about my relationship with him, just like my relationship with my wife does, because it's even more than that. So if God is a mate, not a date, if he's truly, if we're truly in a marriage committed relationship with him that goes beyond something casual, a couple of things are going to happen. First of all, the relationship is going to go public. Second, his priorities become our priorities. His priorities are going to become our priorities. You know, there's a line in our marriage vows that says, forsaking all others. The fact is, a lot of God's children don't really love their father because there's a lot of things that they haven't forsaken yet. A lot of things that are before them. A lot of things that are first in their lives before God, like their own money, their own will, their own ideas, their own dreams. fact is that in Matthew 6, 24, it says no one can serve two masters because you're going to hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And this is the truth about anything that we're enslaved to. If I'm in a marriage relationship with God, I have no other plans or priorities. My goal isn't just to speed date God and kind of get a couple minutes with him. My, my goal in life is to follow his priorities when I'm in a relationship with him. There's a moment in Matthew chapter four when Jesus is calling his first disciples. And it says he goes first to Simon and Andrew and then to James and John. And he goes to them and both of them are fishing, right? They're in their fishing boats. How many of you guys have fishing boats? Anybody got a fishing boat? I'm just looking for this summer. I just want to maybe hit a couple of you up. Maybe, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you, thank you. You know, most of you guys that have fishing boats, you probably are proud of them. You probably like them. You know, maybe you have a fishing pole that you really like. It's something you really enjoy. The fact is, though, it's nothing compared to what that meant to these men. So Jesus walked up and he said, hey, follow me. Leave those behind. The fact is, fishing wasn't a hobby to them. Fishing was everything to them. Fishing was their identity. It was their job. It was their source of income. Their only, this wasn't, you know, the world of Indeed and online job searching, right? They didn't just go find a new job. This was their whole life. They trained for this their whole life to be good at fishing. This is how they fed their family. This was who they were. This was everything. And Jesus just walks up and goes, hey, follow me. And these guys individually, with, with uh, first two of them and then, and then James and John, they just go, okay. It says they immediately left and followed him because the fact is that they had known who this Jesus was. They knew that God was working. They knew that something was happening. And the fact is their priority was to do what God wanted more than what anyone else would want, even what they wanted. That's the thing that when, when we start to walk in this relationship with God that goes beyond just casually dating him, suddenly I value what he values. I want what he wants. 
We start to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Because the fact of the matter is this, anything in our life that isn't a priority is replaceable. Anything in your life that isn't a priority is replaceable. It's kind of like potted plants. Anybody got potted plants in their house? They're great, right? You can move them all around, they're wonderful. You know, they're fairly easy to take care of. They're great. The only problem with potted plants, if you want to call it a problem, is they don't grow roots. They're never going to go deep beyond the pot that they're in. The fact is this, that if we're dating God and we go to church when it's convenient, we read the Bible if we have time, we serve if we feel like it, and then we wonder why it feels like we're not really growing. See, people have their names on membership roles at church all over this country, but they never actually grow roots. They treat it like some sort of a relationship where they can take the ring off and put it back on whenever they want to, whenever it's comfortable for them. But Jesus said in John 15 that if our roots don't grow, go down in him, if we're not connected to the vine, then we're not going to bear any fruit. The question then is, are you dating God or are you married to him? Well, the question is then, well, where are your roots? Where's your foundation? The Bible says that whoever builds their life on Christ is building on a solid rock and everything else is sinking sand. The fact is that whatever your life is built on will determine whether or not God is a date or a mate. For us to be in a deep, intimate relationship with God, our lives have to be built on him. If it's instead built on our own priorities, our own understanding, or on what the world thinks, or even what you think, then we're just dating God. See, in marriage, our priorities start to change. That's why God doesn't want to just date you. He wants to marry you. He wants to change your priorities to his. And what are God's priorities? Well, for starters, there's God's church. For those of you that have been here for a while, may I ask, is, is church a priority to you? Are those that are sitting next to you right now, do they know they can count on you? Are you, are you serving? Are you pouring your life out? Are you giving? Are you tithing? Are you doing things in a way that, this is, that people around you will know this is something that's important? There's something that means something. How about making disciples? Jesus' last command before he left this earth was go and make disciples. Are you committed to making disciples, whether that means going out and reaching people who don't know Jesus, or maybe walking alongside those who have made a, made a commitment but need that help growing and maturing? If you're someone who's been a Christian for 10, 15 years, can I encourage you, man, you need to be discipling somebody, walking alongside someone. Fact is, actually, in March 12th, if you guys all look on your chairs right now, quick plug, go to your chairs right now. March 12th, we have an event called Exponential. Exponential is all about how do we go and make disciples? How do we go reach people, but also how do we grow them? I want to encourage you to come to that. You're all invited. We'd love to have you. This is a great time to be equipped, but also to learn how do I be equipped myself? How do I go and be, become a disciple even. So I want to encourage you to come to that March 12th right here. It's going to be absolutely awesome. So, we, so God's priorities are his church. His priorities are making disciples, but also his priority is your neighbor. Your neighbor, the person who's near you, but also those in the same city as you. The Bible says the, for the, the biggest commandment that Jesus says is love your neighbors as yourself. When we do that, we start asking, how can I be Jesus to people? How can I love them as much as he did, being willing to lay down his life for them? How can I go and serve them and not only tell them about Jesus, but how can I also serve in areas where there's pain points in the community? 
You know, we've had two on one here for the last few weeks. It's been incredible. They have so many opportunities for people to go out and serve and be a part. They have a table out there. You can ask them as you leave today. You know, we, one of our special relationships is with Terry Redland Elementary School. They still have kids that would love to be mentored, love to be walked with, love just to be loved. Man, there's so many great opportunities for artists, us to step out and be Jesus to the world around us. So when God is a mate, not just a date, man, their relationship's going to be public. Suddenly, our priorities are going to change. And then finally, this. Everything I do is going to be to honor him. And everything I do, I'm going to seek to honor him. You know this, if I have a choice of something to, to buy, something to wear, something that is going to come home with me, and there's a choice of color, I have almost one color I'm almost always going to choose now. The color yellow. I, now, yellow has never been my favorite color. Never really been something I really had a lot of. I didn't have any yellow in my wardrobe before I met my wife. Because yellow is my wife's color. She loves yellow. I mean, somebody was like, hey, you know, she's wearing yellow today. Did you tell her to wear that? Nope. She just wears yellow. I mean, it's just, it's just who she is. And so suddenly when I see things like decorations and things like that, suddenly my eyes start to change. And I start to think, what would make Bridget happy? I mean, what, what would, yeah, yellow. What would make her feel loved here? So suddenly I like things that are yellow. Suddenly I start to see things around the house that are dirty and need to be picked up. And I start to think, man, I'm getting better at it. But starting to think through the eyes of what would please my wife? What would show her that I love her? What would honor her? The same is true for our relationship with God. In Romans 2.29, it says that the Holy Spirit will start to work in us and change our hearts to a place where we have a changed heart that looks more and more like his, but also that we will get to a place where we don't desire praise from man, but instead desire from God. This is the process that we're all going through, but it should be a process we're in. The fact is that God is changing us if we truly are in a marriage relationship with him to suddenly desire the things that he desires, to want what he wants, to try to be the person that he's called us to be. The fact is this isn't always immediate, but we should all be on this journey. That's why God's only interested in a marriage covenant with you. Because in marriage, God can grow you, he can move you forward. But for so many of us that are just dating him, we can just stay in the same place. You know, if you know someone who's been dating, maybe a younger couple that's been dating someone for, let's say, 15 years. And after a while, there's probably a point where we're going to go, hey, something's kind of weird here, right? Something, something's kind of odd. Maybe some unique circumstances. What, what, what's happening here? Thing is, I think it looks the same way when there's Christians and churches all over that have been dating God for 10, 20, 30 years. He's just a, another option, something they're just trying out. Some of you may have been in the same place with God for a while. Maybe we look the same, we act the same, or contribute the same. If that's the case, then God's just a date. He's not a mate. There can't be any life change because we're just kind of messing around with God. See, our world is so often about getting our own way. I found for me, marriage really changes that really opens your eyes to things. There's things that I did when I was a single man before I met Bridget that I just don't do anymore. There's things I, I used to wear I don't wear anymore. There's things I used to look at I don't look at anymore. There's places I used to go I don't go anymore. There's plans I used to have that I don't have anymore. It starts to change you. It's like Paul said that 
There's, once when I was a child, I thought like a child, but then as I grew up, that started to change. You know, I, there was a day in my life that I was super, super excited about. It was the day that my family got satellite TV. Mm, I was excited. I was probably 11, 12 years old. I was so excited about this because I grew up in the country, right? We had dial-up internet and like two antenna channels. Nothing. Literally, I would go to town and all the kids would be talking about these shows they're watching, whatever the newest Nickelodeon show or Disney Channel show or whatever. I'd have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, I, I, I wanted to know so bad. And so suddenly my dad said, hey, we're getting satellite TV. And I'm like, yes, hundreds and hundreds of channels. And I'm finally up to date with what everyone's talking about. It's just entertaining and fun. It was such a great and amazing six months. About six months later, my dad sits us down as a family, and he says, hey guys, I owe us as a family an apology. Thing is, I've been really praying about it, God's been convicting me. Getting satellite TV was a mistake. Because the thing is, all we're really doing is watching TV, and the content we're putting in our brains, it's just not drawing us closer to Jesus. It's not making us look more like him, and it's just taking up so much of our time, I just don't think it's right. So we're getting rid of it. And at the time, I'm like, no, Brussels. <laughs> but I tell you what, today I am so incredibly happy that I had a dad that loved the Lord enough, that cared not about what I thought or what anyone else thought, but just was like, God, what's pleasing to you? that was willing to give up things and have so many more examples of that, of how my dad was just willing to honor God first in everything that he did. And that's the thing. That's what I love, that he looked at something that wasn't necessarily wrong, but it just, it's wrong for us because we want to do everything we can to honor God in every single area of our life. You know, marriage with God is something that comes down to an action. It's the action of obedience, you may have heard the line when it comes to relationships that it, it takes a ring to make it a thing. Well, the thing is, when it comes to our marriage with God, that ring is obedience. It's obeying him in everywhere that we can. See, when God is a mate, not just a date, we're going to seek to honor God in everything. The fact is, and that's going to change some things. If we're truly married to God, it's going to change a lot of things in our life. When we're seeking to honor him in every area, suddenly it changes the way we see people. Suddenly we start to see the brokenness and the hurting in other people. And we want to do something about it. We start to see those who haven't met Jesus and we introduce them to him. It also changes the way we obey we start to look at areas of our life and say, God, maybe there's some areas where I just need to start honoring him. We give up those areas that are hurting us and drawing us away from him. Maybe for some of us, it's obeying in the sense that we start stepping out and doing something he's been telling us to do. Have that conversation. Start that ministry. Start that group. Do that thing in your home where you guys all get together and start studying God's word and start a, a home church. Just getting together with one another. Whatever it is, we start to obey God in that. Rather than asking what we can get away with, then we start to ask ourselves whether the things in our life are honoring God. We start to pray the prayer the psalmist prayed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the paths of everlasting life. Soon we start to hold up the things in our life to the microscope and ask, is this drawing me closer to God? Or is it helping other people meet Jesus? If not, then maybe it needs to go away. You know, for a long time in my life, I used to date God. I had a relationship with him. Just like you might do when you're dating, I would show up and I'd put on all the right things. I'd look the part, wear the nice spiritual clothes. Thing was, God didn't have all of me. That's why I kept finding it so easy to run off to these other things and run off to these things that were against his will. Because he didn't have all of me. We weren't married. We weren't, I wasn't committed. Until finally there was a day where I just dropped to my knees and I just cried out to God and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I, I just, I don't know what to do. And I finally, I felt like God said in that moment, it's because I don't have all of you. I, I can't completely change you into my masterpiece if I don't have all of you. It's either all of me or none of me. So in that moment, there's a song that I love when it comes to marriage by Panic of the Disco called Death of a Bachelor. I like that picture because the fact is that in the same way that the bachelor side of you dies when you get married, there's a part of you that dies when you become married to Christ. There's a part of you that suddenly goes away that was maybe glorifying of yourself or maybe it was what you wanted or maybe it was a dream. Whatever it is, something dies and you say, okay, God, bring me to life. When that moment, that changed everything for me when I truly had a marriage with God and I wasn't just messing around or dating. And I know for some of us today, I just want to say, maybe there's some of you out here that, man, you're just trying church out. And I'm so glad you're here. But maybe some of you have been here for a while. You've been going to church your whole life and you're just dating God. God is just a thing you're kind of trying out. It's a very casual relationship. The fact is God wants to walk into a relationship with you where he has everything, where he is everything. And he makes you everything that he wants you to be. So maybe for some of you today, maybe your action step is to say, God, I need to start the marriage relationship with you. I want you to have everything. Maybe for some of you, it's renewing your vows, just like you might do in an earthly marriage. Maybe there's times where you've slipped away and you're not what you used to be when it comes to loving God and walking with him. Maybe today's the time to say, listen, I'm gonna renew that. God, let's renew our vows. For all of us, though, I hope, that would say that we're married to Christ and say we walk in a relationship with him. My ultimate hope is that we would step out of this place and that the marriage to Christ wouldn't just be a certificate on the wall, but that it would be something that goes out into our everyday life. It'd be something that goes out and impacts people, that it'd be something we couldn't contain. We'd have so much time with God and his spirit in us, it would just bubble out to people around us. We'd start telling people about Jesus. We'd start seeing people who were broken and hurting and seeing them through the eyes of Christ, seeing them through the eyes of the one who came down to die for them. We'd start looking around for ways we can be Jesus to the world around us. Whatever you're decision is today, whatever way that God's working in you, I want to pray for you right now. And as we do that, God, I just pray that you'd pray this first part with me. God, we just open our hearts right now. As you're convicting right now, we believe that your spirit's been working today. And so God, we just continue to pray for conviction that those who are going to make a decision today, those who are going to step out today, that this would be something that truly sinks into their hearts and then grows into action in their life. 
God, for any of us here today that maybe have been walking in a relationship with you where we've just been dating you, God, we say we're sorry. We're sorry for the fact that so often we treat you like another option, another thing just to swipe through, God. God, we want all of you. We want you to have all of us. So God, for those of us today making that step, we just say, God, take it all because I can't do it on my own. It's all yours. Maybe for some of us today, God, those that are saying, God, I just, I want to get back to the place where you have everything. God, thank you for welcoming us back with open arms. Help to convict us and grow us into that person who you truly have all of. And God, for all of us, I pray that as we leave this place today, this wouldn't have just been a sermon. It wouldn't just been a reading of God's word or singing of songs. But God, would you truly convict us to go out there and impact the world for those who don't know you yet, God, and that we meet? Father, I pray that we would truly have so much of you that it would just spill out of us. It would come naturally that you would come up in the conversation. Help us to go public with the way that you've changed our life. Help the gospel to be something that goes into every single corner of who we are. God, you are so great and amazing. We just praise you for the way you're working in us, the way you're shaping us, the way you're molding us. And God, thank you so much for how you love us. But also, God, thank you for so much for how you love other people around us and help us not to forget that. God, you are so good. And all together, we say, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.